Gamecocks Now. It's the ultimate USC sports newsletter. Get inside access to all Carolina sports year-round. Written by Post and Courier reporter David Kloniger, Gamecocks Now includes insights and experience from his over 20 years on the beat. You won't find this from anyone else. Plus, subscribers get access to all Carolina and Clemson sports stories on the Post and Courier's website. Start your two-week free trial today at postandcourier.com slash Gamecocks Now. Welcome to Countdown to Kickoff, the Post and Courier's weekly program in which we talk to Post and Courier University of South Carolina Gamecocks beat reporter David Kloniger. And if you'd like to read more and get really cool on and off the field insight from D.C., check out his newsletter at postandcourier.com slash Gamecocks now. Well, David, here we are five games into the season. I think looking back from, I don't know, spring practice, a lot of people thought the Gamecocks will be three and two at this point. And then let's see what happens at Kentucky. And that's pretty much the situation. What stands out to you after five games, pluses and minuses about this Gamecocks football team? Good morning, everybody. How are you doing today? Uh, yeah, South Carolina, Kentucky. It's uh it's going to be a difficult one. I mean, Kentucky's coming off just a brutal loss at Ole Miss last week where, you know, they gave the game away. I think if anybody talks to Kentucky's players or coaches, they realize that the game was there to be had. They gave it away. So they're going to be feeling rather particular on Saturday night. They've got their running game back in flux with the uh, re-addition of Chris Rodriguez, who was suspended the first four games. He's going to be a thorn in the side for the Gamecocks to stop. Uh, and then, of course, there's always going to be the question of Kentucky's offensive line doesn't pass block that well, but can South Carolina get the pressure on them to really make that turn to their advantage? And can South Carolina's offense get past its normal foibles of looking kind of disjointed and unorganized and getting off to a good start in a game for once to try to make this, you know, go their way? There's, there's a lot of things that will be going on Um at Kentucky, Gene, and the fact is, is some some have, have labeled this the biggest game of Shane Beamer's tenure as in relation to what's he going to do about the offense. I'm not going to go that far because this game does not determine bowl eligibility by itself, but there do need to be some answers about this offense specifically, and when you're going, when you got a game going right into the, bowl, the bye week, it's a perfect time to answer them. David, how about an update on the health of the Gamecocks, particularly on defense as they go into a tough game against a really good Kentucky team? Yeah, some real good news. Our cornerback Darius Rush practiced fully uh, yesterday. I just got a text uh, a couple of minutes ago that he practiced fully today. So everything should be good with him, and he will return to the field. Offensively, right tackle Dylan Wanham, same way, practiced yesterday, practiced this morning, and he should be good to play. So they're at full health as much as they can be right now, Gene. I mean, they're, they've lost some guys for the year, but they've already known that that was going to happen. So they should be taking a full complement of healthy players up to Lexington. David, what did you learn from these last two games? Obviously mismatches against a Charlotte team that has one of the worst defenses in FBS and then against SC State. But still, um, what did you learn about the Gamecocks over the last couple of weekends? 
Uh, well, you know, their defense looks pretty good. They've gotten six interceptions in that time, and they've all seemed to come in bunches, you know, like drive after drive after drive. They were ending them with a turnover. So that's always good to see no matter who you're playing. Uh, offensively, it was good to see them put up a lot of points. Yes, there were still some struggles, but uh, for the last game, at least, Gene, against SC State, I had no problem with the offensive scheme or play calling. I thought they did what they they needed to do. Maybe it was getting a little predictable uh, once they got into the red zone because for the, it seemed like every time they'd get in the red zone on first down, they'd call a Spencer Rattler rollout. Now it mostly worked. Okay. So, Hey, you keep doing it. Right. But um, you know, you like to see the team play well. You like to see the team build confidence, but I don't know if you could really take away. It's like, okay, they're definitely better at this aspect of the game after playing Charlotte and SC state. These guys were on the schedule for a reason. And that was to get South Carolina feeling good going into the real meat of its schedule. So they were one and two. Now they're three and two, and they're going to go back onto the sec road where they have not had any success in the very early stages of Shane Beamer's tenure. Uh, obviously, he didn't take over a Rose Garden, but they're 0-5 on the SEC road, and they've gotten off to lousy starts in all of them. So that's just going to have to change it sooner or later and no time like the present. All right, this is Gene Sapikoff, sports columnist and college sports editor of the Charleston Post and Courier. You're watching Countdown to Kickoff, where we talk to David Kloniger, the Gamecocks beat reporter for the Post and Courier. And you can check out his newsletter at postandcourier.com slash Gamecocks. Now, David, let's talk about some potential matchups or problems for the Gamecocks going against that Kentucky defense. They are ranked 20th nationally in defense, kind of a typical Mark Stoops, very physical defense. He's kind of uh, staked his reputation on just tough physical play, both offensively and defensively um, for the Wildcats since he's been there. Uh, what do you see that the Gamecocks might be able to exploit and what sort of problems do you see when the Gamecocks have the football in Lexington on Saturday night? Well, Shane Beamer has made it very clear that the two inside linebackers or two linebackers that Kentucky plays are just, you know, elite guys and they got to stay away from them. They might get some help from that because one of those LBs, Jacquez Jones, is questionable for this week with some saying that he's not going to play at all. So we'll see how that goes. Either way, they were, they've been working on this the past couple of weeks to stay away from those linebackers. It's like, well, make them run side to side on the field. Try to get them tired. Try to get them less effective. How do you do that? You throw a lot of sideline passes, a lot of screens, a lot of bubble screens, and not necessarily take a deep shot downfield. That's exactly what they did last week against uh, SC State. And when they tried to pass the ball against Charlotte, that's mostly what they did too. But Charlotte was a case of like, these guys can't stop the run, so just run. And Marshawn Lloyd had 169 yards and three touchdowns. So they, I, I guess you could say they were working on it. They knew that SC State probably couldn't cover that well either. But this defense is not going to be one that you can just line up and run between the tackles on. Um, maybe you can wear it down and break it down. But the fact is, is that they were, are going to have to rely on Spencer Rattler's legs and his accuracy at getting the sideline passes out quick and trying to let his guys make plays in space to try to get off to a good start. Because I think if you just try to line it up in power and run Lloyd up the middle, it's not going to work. Kentucky's going to be ready for that. And as we've seen, the Gamecocks are not real good at throwing the ball downfield, even though they said we got to be able to, and Spencer Atlas says, hey, I love throwing the ball downfield. 
okay, but you know, you did that in the second play last week. And while it's not Spencer Rattler's fault, that very catchable ball clanged off his receiver's hands and became an interception. So maybe that makes him a little gun shy this week. Maybe it says, well, we're going to call the exact same play, but just not with that, rec- with that receiver. Maybe so, but they're going to have to come up with a, something a little more creative uh, to try to crack this Kentucky defense right at, right from the kickoff. Yeah, that's a good point, David. Uh, those two early Rattler interceptions against SC State were not his fault, um, you know, bouncing balls and so forth. I asked Rattler at the media availability yesterday, what's the difference in checking brick blitz protections, you know, on the road at night in an SEC game um, versus, you know, SC State on a Thursday night? He said there was no difference. Um, I, I think there could be a difference with the Kentucky fans being so loud. But, uh, now, David, let, let's get to the real countdown to kickoff information that fans want to know. David Kleiniger, road warrior, uh, you, you and I both prefer, uh, if given any sort of option, to drive instead of fly. Mm-hmm. Tell me, David Kleiniger, what you like about that long, twisting, turning drive through the mountains. And, and at this time of year, it can just be beautiful from Columbia, South Carolina to Lexington, Kentucky. What do you like about that? The best part is you don't have to go through the city of Knoxville to get there. You just kind of hit the very eastern edge of it, and then you veer up. I think it's on I-75 up into Kentucky. So you don't have to deal with any Knoxville traffic. That's good. Uh, once you get through the uh, the mess that is Asheville any time of year, any time, any year, uh, you know, you're, you're pretty good to go, and it's nice things to look at. And uh, it's this time of year before the snow's on the ground. So always a good drive. I've made that in six hours flat before. Uh, it's just once you do get into Kentucky, you do have to watch out for those stadies who like to camp out on the side of the road and, you know, say, look, man, you don't have to set a speed record here. To which I say, do you not know who I am? I mean, speed is my life. You know, <laughs> it's my mistress. So, but anyway, another story there. Um, I was just thinking today, I think Kentucky is one of the very few states in the Southeast that I haven't yet gotten a speeding ticket in. So we'll see how that goes this week. Well, that's good, David. And I I will not be timing you on this and hopefully you can keep that record intact. But a reader, um, Rusty from Irmo, would like me to ask you, uh, who do you like in the fourth race on Friday at Keeneland? And uh, what does that trip to Keeneland, uh, you know, what experiences have you had there and how does that spice up an SEC road trip? Something you're just not going to get at, say, you know, Gainesville or Athens. It's terrific. I mean, especially when it's a night game in Kentucky. I know a lot of fans who are going up there to go to Keeneland for the first time. And even if you don't know much about horse racing, you can still have a great time because they've got obviously a lot of bourbon and whiskey there. Another thing Kentucky's famous for, and you can just have a good time betting on randomly on horses and then seeing how much you win. Uh, the first time I went, I had not seen that many, uh, you know, hats, uh, big floppy hats and sundresses since the last time I went to church. And uh, it, was, it was quite a sight, um, but uh, didn't do so well picking horses. It's not my forte, but a good time can be had by all. Uh, but at least at night, I think the, the day will be okay. The forecast for the game saying it might get down to about 33 degrees. So if, if you're going with your nice suit, your, your seersucker, and your wife or girlfriend is, is wearing her nice sundress and hat, be sure to bring your coat too, because it's going to get pretty chilly on Saturday night. Now, David, if you really want to see a lot of seersucker and sundresses and floppy hats, go to church in Kentucky. That's where you'll really, <laughs> you'll really see that. But okay, let's uh, 
let's uh, go back a little bit to more conventional discussion of Gamecocks versus Wildcats and top quarterbacks. This Will Levis guy is pretty interesting. I mean, he's obviously a first round NFL prospect. Some people say maybe first overall pick, top five, whatever. But it's interesting. He doesn't really have um, the cast around him that you would normally associate with a first round prospect, for instance, uh, CJ Stroud or, or Bryce Young. Uh, from what you've seen uh, in person on tape and just being around Will Levis, your thoughts? Oh, uh, well, he's a guy, you know, big, big, strong guy, can throw the ball a country mile. Uh, you know, he can make all the throws. He's tough to bring down in the pocket, but he's not really a threat to run. Yes, he can pick up a few yards just because he's if, if he gets, you know, some forward air, it's like a semi-truck coming towards you, and it's tough to get him down on first contact. But you can disrupt him. They have shown that in the first five, first five games because, again, Kentucky's O-line has not proven it's very good at pass blocking. And if you can get to him, affect the throw, he had two fumbles knocked out of his hand last week at Ole Miss, both times when Kentucky was trying to got, get the go-ahead touchdown. And actually, before one fumble, he threw the game-winning touchdown, and it got negated because of a penalty. So they can get to him. And as Spencer Rattler said the other day, or not Spencer Rattler, but another one of the Gamecocks players, he's very much into timing, throw the ball to this spot at this time. If you can mess up those receivers' timings by playing a little bump coverage, maybe you can really affect how Levis does. The main thing they're going to have to do, though, Gene, is that before Levis even gets warmed up, you got to watch out for Chris Rodriguez and the rest of Kentucky's running backs. I, I don't quote me on the stats, but Rodriguez, once he's played South Carolina, averaging something like 7.4 yards a carry. I think he has over 460 yards rushing against USC. So they're going to be looking for him. And they need to be because it's you don't stop that guy. You're not going to have to worry about Will Levis. All right, David Kloniger, it's that countdown kickoff time of the week when we ask you for a score. I, I kind of got a hint from talking to you yesterday at the Shane Beamer Presser where you were going with this, but let's see uh, what David Kloniger thinks about Gamecocks versus Wildcats Saturday night. Gina, I've been lobbying it back and forth all week. I may still change it, but I have not moved off my initial prediction. Don't ask me how. Don't ask me the Gamecocks look better in this matchup versus this one. I just, I don't know. I just think it's going to happen. So your score prediction, Kentucky 25, South Carolina 28. Somehow, I think they're going to get it done and come back to USC with a win. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, David. And here's a prediction from me. You will not have this game interrupted by any Aaron Judge at bat updates so that could be a good thing for a Braves fan or, or really just about any other college football fan after these mm -hmm. last weeks well for uh, David Kloniger I'm Gene Sapikoff thanks again for joining us for a countdown to kickoff and if you'd like to read DC's always insightful newsletter go to postoncourier.com slash Gamecocks now we'll see you up north folks